0: Wednesday night, 8 o'clock in Jerusalem, and it's time to learn a little bit about Parashat HaShavuah. Now the parasha this week is Dvarim, the first parasha of the fifth book of the Torah. And since we say fifth book of the Torah, we remind ourselves that the notion of books compared to Torah it's not an obvious one, and not something that we understand perfectly. Why were there books of the Torah? Why couldn't the Torah just be one book, or maybe two books? But why did it have to be five books? So one of the commentaries that deals with this question is, of course, the Rambad. He was concerned about the question, and he came up with a solution. And his solution was that every book of the Torah carries with it a separate theme. And it's important, that theme is so important that it made the content into a book, into a safer. So the first book of the Torah, the theme is creation. Creation of the world, creation of Am Yisrael, of the people who would carry out the Torah in the world. That's the book of Breshit. The second book of the Torah, the second book of the Torah is called Ge'ulah, redemption. Because the entire book really is about redeeming Bene Israel from slavery in Egypt. Now, redeeming them doesn't just mean getting them out of a bad situation, getting them out of slavery, into some sort of freedom, but making them at the same time worthy of that freedom. So, included in the Book of Freedom is giving the Torah, the Ten Commandments, the Torah, and especially in terms of the amount of space devoted to it, the mishkan, building the tabernacle. So not only do we get the present of Torah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we kind of respond to that present by building a mishkan, by building a tabernacle, by making, as the Zohar explains, a place for HaKadosh Baruch. And since every place belongs to HaKadosh Baruch in any event, it's hard for us to understand what this might mean, a place for HaKadosh Baruch. But since this is also the week before, this is the week before uh, Tisha Abba, and that's the reason that we're not going to be learning Parashat mm-hmm. next Wednesday night, although we might have An alternative option. Even though uh, this is, uh, I mean, Tisha B'Av, I mean, the tragedy of Tisha B'Av was that everything that we had done up to that time, up to the destruction of the First Temple, everything that we had done, all the investment that we had made, all the learning that we had done, all the building of a place for our cottage Bo that we insisted on came to an end. We just were not able to maintain. We were not able, you know when you, when you raise the bar, when you suddenly say, I want, I want to have a place for our cottage Bo. imagine that. So that has an effect on you. You made it, but then you have to be worthy of it. You made it, yes, There's nobody else. But that creates a new demand that you never even, probably, you never thought of. You never thought of a new demand. So that new demand, that new demand is the Beta HaMikdash, and that we remind ourselves was the demand that we couldn't live up to. And we built the beta HaMikdash, yes. Shlomo Hamelech, following his father, David Hamelech. They built the Beta HaMikdash, but they could not live up to the building that they had built. And so the, when the Torah speaks about Gula, about redemption, it knows, especially this time of year, the Torah knows that it's not perfect. It's not going to be there forever unless we do something very radical to change our relationship to the place of HaKadosh Baruch and our obligation to be worthy of that place. The third book of the Torah is Vayikra, and it's the book that addresses itself to the Kohanim and the Beit HaMikdash. It follows the second book of the Torah, which ends with, Uh, the building of the Mishkan, as we said, the building of the tabernacle. So Vayikra tells me what you do in that tabernacle, what sort of sacrifices you give, how you live, the difference between the difference between edible and non-edible. That's all somehow got to do with the guts of the operation of the Beit HaMikdash. Bamidbar, Is the story of an unfortunate event in Jewish history, the Chaita Meraglim, the sin of the spies, who were the cause of this punishment, that they would wander around for 38 years, and only after that, that after everybody had died, who was involved in the Chaita Meraglim and maybe also the Chait. Uh, of the Egel Azahar, the golden calf. After all of that, after all of that takes place, uh, there's a kind of redemptive uh, possibility. Now you can go. Now you can go into Eretz. So, so the fourth book of the Bible is, are the stories of things that happened during those 38 years. And if we remember correctly, not all the stories. Are positive, optimistic, happy. There are stories that uh, where Am Yisrael uh, responded to what was going on in the desert in in a impoverished way, in an unhappy way. They they maintained, even though they were being punished at the same time. They maintained their feeling about uh somehow that they were not being treated fairly that all this wandering around in the desert that all this uh, this inability to get to a place to the place where they had to be was harsh treatment on the part of heaven that's the fourth book of the torah and now we come to the fifth book of the torah in order to understand about the fifth book of the torah We have to look at the introduction, the Ramban's introduction to the book of Dvarim. The Ramban's introduction to the book of Dvarim. So with your permission, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read sentences and try to explain them. And I hope you'll be able to follow either with the sheet that you might have uh, taken off of the website or if you have a Tanakh with Meforshim, it would be in the Tanakh with Meforshim. So I'll start. Hasefer Hazer, the Ramban says, Hasefer That There's a book coming up, a book of the Torah. We said, there's one Torah, but there are five books. And the Ramban thinks that each book has a theme, which he tried to summarize. And now he says, In Yano Yadu Shahu Mishne Torah. Everybody knows that the fifth book of the Torah is also called Mishne Torah. Mishne Torah means uh, a short version of the Torah, right? A, A copy of the Torah. So here the Ramban says. The rabbi says, Moshe Rabbeinu came along, and they are about to enter into Eretz Kina'an and to undertake the task of of capturing the land. And he he said, so, well, there are a lot of mitzvot that have not yet been taught to B'nai Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm going to teach them. I'm going to teach them. I have to hurry. We know that in Dvarim there are a lot of mitzvot, a lot of mitzvot in Dvarim, especially the parsha of Ki is the outstanding mitzvah parsha of them all. And so Moshe Rabbeinu said, "Oh, it's going to happen. They're going into Eretz Yisrael. I better teach them all the mitzvot that they might have to come in contact with." And nothing in the book of Dvarim. Applies itself to Kohanim, to the priests who worked in the, in the Mishkan, in the Tabernacle. It doesn't. There's nothing in the Book of Dvarim that relates to Korbanot or to anything special about the Kohanim. After all, they have already learned, studied with Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Kohanim are well known to be, well, they're into it. They're quick. They're quick to review and to learn properly. They don't need further commands, directives about the mitzvah. Avav b'Yisrael, but when it comes to the rest of the Jewish people, Yachzirah Mitzvotan Nurogad b'hem. Then he, Moshe Rabbeinu, have to tell them the Mitzvot again, Pam lahosif b'hem biyur, either to increase their understanding of things, or Pam shaloyachzir o tanrak, as here at Yisrael b'roba asarot, sometimes. It's only to make sure that Bnei Yisrael understand the seriousness of the mitzvah of the particular mitzvah, which uh, uh, which has a lot of uh, additional uh, statements about. Oh, it's a mitzvah to say. What's a mitzvah not to say? And you know that there are many, many times when in the Book of Dvarim Moshe Rabbeinu mentions the problem of Avodah idolatry, that you have to watch out for it, because some things can't be emphasized too much and and the and the fact of the matter is that the people Kemoshi shey Sheyavo sheva'u besefer azaz be'inyanei avoda azara azarat merubot zo achazov be'tokhakhot vekol be'chadim asher yafkhidu otam mechol onshei azirot and also Moshe Rabbeinu told them that if they sin, the the punishment is going to continue. So they shouldn't make the mistake of thinking that going into Eretz Israel is a kind of a panacea against against punishment. That they won't be punished. <laughs> no, no, Abu Zarah that's going to be an ever present danger. And if you if, if you fall, and you accept that Abodah uh, Zarah as part of your uh, uh world, the world that you're gonna live, in, you're gonna be punished, you are going to be punished. So he kind of the Ramban started out by explaining to us structurally what the book of Dvarim is about. Right? It's the book which reacts to the fact that the Jews are about to enter Canaan. and they need they need to be encouraged about certain mitzvot. They need to be encouraged about what they should be doing and what they should be avoiding. So that's that's uh, what it is. The Ramban goes on. He says there are some mitzvot in the book of Dvarim that are not mentioned earlier on in the Torah. M- new mitzvot like Yibun. Ba uh, Isha, He says there are mitzvot that are mentioned only in the Book of Dvarim They're not encouraged and it's not like Abu which is mentioned many times in different places in the Torah. He says, but there there are mitzvot that are that are new, that are new mitzvot he says the Kfar kulan He says, he says, I want you to know, I want you to know the rabban says, He says, you shouldn't think that the Torah was given to B'nai Yisrael, the Torah, let's say, of divorce. Divorce is mentioned in the book of Dvarim, only in the book of Dvarim. So that means that, and when was the book of Dvarim created? When they were in a place called Arvot Moab on the eastern side of the Jordan River, prepared to enter Eretz Yisrael around Yericho, around that—that's uh, the city of Yericho. So the Ramban, the Ramban says, uh, certainly the the information about Gerushin was given to Bnei Yisrael at Har Sinai. They knew about it. They certainly didn't didn't get it. Uh, didn't get it in Arvot Moav. and he says that. He says, <laughs> He says it's only the covenant that was established at the end of the of their stay in Arvot Moav, which is the Parasha of Kitavo right? You remember Ki is the parasha that has several hundred mitzvot in it. Ki is the parasha of the Brit, right? The two, almost the two last parashiyot of the book of of Devarim, right? Uh, Oboh of mo'eh bishonah yishonah All this took place before the Muraglim. Ki barvot lo nitchadshu lo elah a It's a little hard to uh, it, 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 to understand, but the Ramban is convinced that all the mitzvot of the Torah were known to B'nai Yisrael at Har Sinai. But the way to apply that knowledge into a written text was given later on during the years in the desert to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the fact that Gerushin is mentioned in Dvarim but not mentioned earlier doesn't mean that it was brought into the world at that time, but it was brought into the world and at Har at Sinai. He says, "Oda beru." Therefore, you don't have this kind of introductory statement which indicates a mitzvah. Avoloch devu ha mitzvot besvarim erishonim sheidaberim yotzei mitsrayim. So, why is it that these mitzvot, like erushit, appear in Dvarim, but don't appear in the earlier books of the Torah? Avoloch devu ha mitzvot besvarim erishonim sheidaberim yotzei mitsrayim ki ulai. Lo naguf vatanamitzvot drak baaret. Avopi shehem chobat nagufka sheba binyana anisachim. O mipnei sheinanti dirot lo iski rakbi be banim nochalei haaret. So he said. So if you'd ask me, the Ramban says, why don't these mitzvot like gerushit divorce appear earlier in the Torah if they already knew about it? So uh, he says that, well, maybe, maybe the Torah wants to collect all the mitzvot that are going to be effective when they come into Eretz Israel. Now, at the time that they're about to come into Eretz Israel, but the people who died in the 38 years of the desert, those people, those people didn't really need these mitzvot because they were never going to leave the desert. They were never going to leave the desert. So the Ramban, the Ramban says the book of Dvarim is a book of mitzvot, but it's not a book of new Torah. The Torah was known for some reason, which you know you could speculate about. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't include, or Kadosh Baruch didn't include those mitzvot in the earlier books Shmot, VaYikra, and of the Torah, but only introduced them to us in the in the mitzvah. In, in, the, in the book of Dvarim, which was taught to Bnei Yisrael on the eve of their entrance into Eretz, Eretz Yisrael. Okay, that's what the Ramban says. So according to the Ramban, this book, the book of Dvarim, is the book that introduces Bnei Yisrael as the bearers of the Torah to Eretz Yisrael. It's because of Eretz Yisrael, because they're entering the new land of Israel, that they need this information. They need to get it. One more section in the Ramban: haTorah, And so the Ramban says, but you know, I, I have to give it. There's an introduction in the book of Dvarim, it's not only about the mitzvot that you need to go to Eretz Israel, or the terrible tragedy that you have to avoid, the tragedy of Avodah idolatry, when you go into Eretz Israel. But beyond that, there's an introduction. And the introduction in the book of Dvarim is, Hidchil l'hochicham, he, uh, he, stated this interdiction ulaskim avonot hayim and he mentioned he Moshe Avda mentioned all of the places that they sinned that they sinned kama yim ro yim rohu bamith bar bkam etna hagimah bmidat rachamim veze lo diach mahem. So here there's a Chiddush in the Ramban, we'll see in a moment, that Rashi, Rashi says, well, we don't have to see in a moment, we look right now. You look at the first Rashi, which is on the sheet, Eila HaDvarim, Rashi says, L'fi Divrei Tochachot. The reason that the word Dvarim, the word Davar, is used at the beginning of the pasuk. Ela advarim. Instead of saying something like ela ma marim. harayonot. These are the things that Moshe Rabbeinu say, said. But if you call them dvarim, you know that they are tochachot. That they are harsh words that Moshe Rabbeinu is starting with. Umanakan kolamikomot. And he listed all of the places Sheikh Isu livneh ha makomba hem all the places where the people are uh, angered uh, angered Moshe Rabbeinu entri akodes ba'chol feikha satam et ha'dvrim veiskivu am beraims wepnei kodam sheu yisrael and that's why uh, as we will see the pasuk only hints at the names of the places doesn't really say them because that's the Lichwadam Shah uh, Yisrael. Moshe Rabbein didn't want to write down for posterity again all the places that Bnei Yisrael sinned at. All the places Bnei Yisrael sinned at. Now we take it, we just take a moment. I just want to remind you of something we learned last week in the Pasha of Mass A. The question was, why does the Torah list all of the places that Bnei Yisrael stopped off at during the 38 years in the desert. After all, we know those places. If we just follow the story of the book of Bamidbar, the story itself tells us the names of the places. So why did we have to list it twice? Why do we have to list it again? After all, we know them. We know those places. That's the beginning of the parasha of Massey. In the beginning of the parasha of Massey, there is an interpretation brought down by by Rashi in the name of Rabbi Moshe Darshan. Rabbi Moshe Darshan was also a commentary, and who Rashi quotes often. Rashi quotes him often. It was like you could say, the period of the of Rashi it was, it was more or less contemporary with Rashi. So Rabbi Moshe Darshan brings a, a comment. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it was the Tanchuma. And then he quotes the the, the Moshe Darshan first. Moshe Darshan said, well, if you look at all that, the whole list, and you'll see that even though the list starts off with over 40 different places, but if you then uh, deal with it, you'll know that the, there really were only 20 Masaud. Only 20 months old in 38 years. Doesn't sound like such a terrible punishment. So the Rav Moshe Darshan says that that is to indicate the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was very merciful with Bnei Yisrael, chesed. That HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu applied chesed to the problem instead of wearing them down and giving them more... Masa'ot, more trips to take and more places to be, the number of places was minimized. And since it was minimized, that was a chesed. And that's why the list in Masay was written, to make sure that we understand that even though B'nai Yisrael were punished, the punishment was not so severe because the punishment... Uh, the punishment could have been a lot worse. they could have been wandering around the desert all the time, but apparently they didn't that 's not what happened. What happened was that uh, that Ben israel Israel went on uh, fewer trips than you might imagine, and those fewer trips those fewer trips were so when the Tanchuma in the Tanhuma, in Rashi Rashi brings down the Tanjuma in Massey. not this week's Pasha, but last week's Pasha. and the Tanhuma says well it's like like a person who, a king who has a child who's sick he has to take him to a famous doctor who's pretty far away so they go on the trip and they, you know how, how did you go on a trip through a desert? well you, you went to places you went from place to place a place where people, uh, people lived and interacted and worked. And so you go to that place and you stay overnight and you got up in the morning and you continued. That's how, that's how you did it. That's how you did it in those days. That's how you did it in those days. So the Tanjuma says, the king went with his son to this famous doctor. They got there, the doctor treated him, and cured him. And then they come back. So when they come back, so suddenly all the places that they stopped off at on the way become very important in telling the story, telling the story of this salvation that the child, that the king's child had. So on the way back, on the way there, they didn't even know what these places were. I mean, they might have had a map, and they might have had a AAA uh, guide, but they didn't know anything about the place. On the way back, they said, oh, this is where you didn't feel well, or this is where you ate a hearty meal. Right? The places on the way back suddenly have greater importance because, after all, the child was cured. So when you tell the story, this is the Tanhuma, right? When you tell the story you make special mention of the places that he was in, of the places that he was in. Uh, you remember that the Rambam, that the Rambam says that the, the issue was, uh, do you believe them? Do you believe B'nai Yisrael when they say they had a miraculous life in the desert? They had 38, 38, years of the desert. They had food from HaKadosh Bochum. They had water to drink from HaKadosh Bochum. Their clothing didn't, uh, fade and, and get, uh, disused. And, and so, uh, that's why, uh, the, the story, the names are very important because it's hard to convince people that you lived a miracle, that God took care of you. But if you tell them the names of the places that you were during the 38 years, they look up those places on the map, they'll see that it was inconceivable that they could live through it without divine support. So you learn about the punishment. the punishment of B'nai Yisrael. It's not just that they were not severely punished. It wasn't just that during the 38 years they they went on 20 Masaot, which apparently, at least according to Rashi, was not such a terrible thing. But beyond that, beyond the 20 masot, beyond the fact that they went on so late, they, they lived a miracu- in a miraculous world. They lived in a miraculous time. They lived in a miraculous time. So it seems to me that we could connect what's written in Masaud and what's written in Devarim. You, like you look for a bridge between the two sides of the of the Sefer, the end of the Sefer of Bamidbar, which we just said is about listing places that became important only because they're part of the story, the part of the story of Bnei Yisrael. And then we have in uh, in the beginning of Dvarim, in the beginning of Dvarim, we have a posuk, Eil Dvarim, Asher Debe Moshe El Bnei Yisrael Be'eva Bamidbar. Well, anyway, you see that pasuk. If you look at the Rashi, you look at the Rashi. Ela hadvarim. Rashi says, Bamidbar. Ela hadvarim ashed be'emoshel kol Yisrael be'evayadain. Bamidbar. He spoke to them in the desert. What does Rashi say? Rashi says Lobamidbarayu are you they were not in the desert but they were in a place on the eastern side of the Jordan River called called Mo'av. Umahu Bamidbar. So why why does it say they were Bamidbar Bar if they weren't Bamidbar? Ella Bishwilmash Bamidbar. We should certainly die in the Midbar. So that in this pasuk, the word Bamidbar is a code word for something terrible that B'nai Yisrael did. So in reflecting, in reflecting on this, like going back, i listing all the places that Bnei Yisrael sinned. If we go on. Ba'arava. Ba'arava. You see that word? Ba'midbar. Ba'arava. Bishvil ha'arava. And because of. The So they, they, it was a short way of saying, that they uh, that they sinned In other words, according to Rashi, according to Rashi, Moshe Rabbeinu wants to tell them something. I don't know exactly what, the, what Moshe Rabbein wants to tell them, but according to Rashi, the first Rashi, <speaking in Hebrew> Moshe Rabbeinu starts listing all the places that Bnei Yisrael angered God. They, kind of, they, they took an independent stance and they said they don't want to go where God wants us to go. We don't want to go without food, without water, without uh, whatever. That, that's what Bnei Yisrael said. So Moshe Rabbeinu is listing all the places in a shorthand kind of way. Bamidbar, not that it doesn't mean the desert. It means the Chait of the Midbar, the Chait of the Arava. So that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, first at the end of the book of Bamidbar, writes the list of Masaot, all the places that Bnei Yisrael, all the places that Bnei Yisrael were in the desert when they led a miraculous kind of life. Food from heaven, water from heaven, and and everything that they needed came from, from heaven. Everything they needed came from heaven. So that's what the end of Matos teaches us. That there is that that it's worth it. It's worth it to go through the the list of places that they were in when they were punished. Because if you look really carefully, you'll find chesed and you'll find rachamim, as the as the Ramban says. You find mercy in that kind of in that kind of world. So the beginning of the Varim, the beginning of the Varim says, "I want to remind you, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I don't want to. Re- I want to remind you that we didn't get here easily. That you gave me a hard time. It was very difficult, and and, and the Chayta was just the culmination of a bad." situation but in that bad situation there is punishment just like there was in the 38 years in the Dishman but there also apparently is Rachamim the Rachamim, the mercy comes from HaKodesh Bochum at the same time because to say that there was a punishment is not the end of the description it's not what you have to say but you have to say that the that the that the punishment implied mercy could have been a lot worse. It might have been a lot worse. But just as the parsha of Masay indicates rachmanut and chesed, so too the beginning of the parsha of Devorin indicates Rahmanut and chesed. So much so. That in 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 putting this on the table, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want didn't want to uh, express this idea by mentioning the places that Bnei Israel had sinned. So instead of mentioning those places, instead of mentioning those places, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu instead of mentioning those places. So it did it in a shorthand kind of version. And that shorthand kind of version reminded B'nai Yisrael of their transgression, but also reminded them of the merciful way that God treated B'nai Yisrael after, at Aroth Moab, on the eve of the death of Moshe Rabbeinu and the entrance under the leadership of Yoshua bin Nun of Bnei Yisrael to Eretz Kenan have a wonderful Shabbos